This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. California Chrome not gaining. He's back wide and racing in fifth. Shaman Ghost splits horses for Jose Ortiz, and they're into the stretch. And it's the Breeders' Cup winner. It's Arrogate in front, leading by three with an eighth of a mile to go. Shaman Ghost is trying to get into second. Then Neolithic. Back fourth is Noble Bird, followed by Keen Ice. But what a race! What a sport! What a horse! Arrogate romps in the Pegasus. He won it by three and a half while confidently handled. Shaman goes second. Neolithic third. Then Keen Ice, War Story, and Noble Bird in one forty-seven and three. Now here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the First Bet Racing Show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with Bob Nastanovich. We've got live action today from Gulfstream Park Fairgrounds. Bonus coverage from Sunland Park out in West Texas, actually New Mexico. And that, of course, Bob, was Pete Aiello on the mic back in 2017. The inaugural running of the Pegasus World Cup back then with a $12 million purse. This year's Pegasus takes place on Saturday at Gulfstream, heading a mega stakes card. Yeah, no, interesting uh, field for this year's Pegasus, but nothing like that, Bob. I mean, fast horses, fast time. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a different field this year. First of all, in the inaugural running uh, of the Pegasus, uh, you had it was really one or the other. You either liked Arrogate or you liked California Chrome. And unfortunately for those who liked California Chrome, his race was basically over once the post positions were drawn. They have a very short run to the first turn when they go a mile and an eighth on the main track uh, at Gulfstream Park. And that's why they don't run a lot of races at a mile and an eighth on the main track. Certainly the Florida Derby is run at that, at that distance uh, and the Pegasus as well. But uh, it's, it's generally accepted that if you're in one of the outside posts, you have a, an extreme disadvantage compared to those on the inside. And unless you're just head and shoulders uh, better than the field like Forte happened to be uh, when he won the Florida Derby and drew outside. But he was really, other than Mage, he was running against a bunch of allowance kind of horses that they just tried to fill the field with. That first year, Arrogate drew the inside. California Chrome drew the outside. The race was over right when uh, the post positions were drawn. They've had some really good horses that have won the race over the years. Gunrunner won it in the second year of its existence when it was actually a $16 million purse. Then it went, it went from $12 million the first year to 16 the second year to 9 the third year, and it's down to $3 million right now. And it's certainly not an afterthought being a $3 million purse, but it's just uh, it, it's worked out strangely with the uh, uh, interest and increased purses in the Dubai World Cup being $12 million and the Saudi Cup, of course, being $20 million that a $3 million race in January, formerly known as the Don Handicap, is kind of uh, third in line, if you will. But what this field lacks in star power Saturday, Bob, it certainly has in evenness. There, there are many, many different ways you can go. I've started uh, diving into that Saturday card, and of course you and I are going to talk about all uh, seven of the graded stakes on the Saturday card at Gulfstream as part of our weekend stakes preview tomorrow night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. I've started looking at all of them. The Pegasus, Pegasus, I'm telling you, there are at least six or seven horses in there that look like if they run their race, have a chance to win. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, we get the, um, you know, really intriguing entrant is Hoist the Gold, who uh, really was impressive in the Cigar Mile, just stole it at Aqueduct. You know, kind of, you know, basically Dallas Stewart's trying to, uh, as a five-year-old, turn him into a route horse. He's got the pedigree for it, and he certainly stayed the mile, the one-turn mile that day at Aqueduct. He drew the four-hole. Um, he's really interesting. I think really in terms of the post position draw, Skippy Longstocking drew the 12. That that was really unfortunate for uh, Safi Joseph and Tyler Gaffleone. I think they have, have other plans for that horse. We'll see what they do. And, of course, the morning line favorite, National Treasure. He was marvelous in the Breeders' Cup, running a brave second behind Cody's Wish. So they've got some really cool horses in there. I mean, it looks like a really great renewal of the Dawn for $3 million. Yeah, it's going to be a fun race, and it's uh, one of seven graded stakes on the Saturday card at Gulfstream Park. Folks, download the First Bet app on your iPhone or visit first.com forward slash bet to sign up and play the races. Sign up with the promo code BETHRRN, no spaces there, B-E-T-H-R-R-N, to receive a $10 free bet plus a 100% deposit match up to $150 on your first deposit within 14 days of signing up. By the way, uh, speaking of Arrogate, of course, uh, Arrogate, uh, well, I shouldn't say of course. Uh, he was just uh, inducted into Racing's Hall of Fame uh, last year. He was the champion three-year-old Colt in 2016. He also won the Breeders' Cup Classic that year. Really uh, had a tremendous streak, and there, there were – four races specifically in a row that made him look like one of the best horses we had seen in a long, long time uh, when he mauled the field in the Travers uh, back in 2016. Then he came back and he was impressive in the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, crushed the field easily in the Pegasus. And maybe the most impressive of those four races, Bob, was when he won the Dubai World Cup. He stumbled badly at the start. He was a horse that wanted to be somewhere forwardly placed, not necessarily on the lead, but somewhere uh, right up there with the leaders. He stumbled badly, and he was last in the early going and somehow was able to pass everyone in the Dubai World Cup, including Gunrunner, and not only win, but win going away. Um, Unfortunately, when he came back from Dubai, he just didn't seem to be the same horse as he was when he had gotten over to Dubai, and that's happened a lot of times uh, with these uh, Western Hemisphere runners heading over to the Middle East for the first time. They don't always come back the same as when they left, but Arrogate was very, very good. He ended up winning seven of his 11 career starts, made over $17 million in his career, and once again, he was the inaugural winner uh, of the, or I should say he was the winner of the inaugural Pegasus World Cup, and this year's Pegasus World Cup, one of several graded stakes on Saturday's card out at Gulfstream Park. Speaking of Gulfstream Park, Bob, they're headed to the gate for the ninth and final race on the card. They're on the turf. The turf is firm, and this is a one mile in distance, which is two turns on the turf at Gulfstream Park. Uh, It is a claiming event for four-year-olds and up that are non-winners of two races lifetime. Scratch numbers three and six. The claiming tag here, $25,000. Right now, about 78 degrees here in South Florida. Cloudy skies, but beautiful conditions as we get ready for the finale on the card. So we've got a field of seven. Three to two favorite in the wagering right now is Mr. Abario, not to be confused with White Abario. Mr. Abario, trained by Mike Maker, ridden by Tyler Gaffaleone. Uh, According to the first bet AI, uh, they say you need to take a look at number two, Jerry's turn. 
who's up on the board at four to one after being twelve to one on the morning line. Yeah, no, Mr. Obario deserves to be favored. He takes a stout class drop for Mike Maker in here. Uh, has never been down to this level. General's Duty, the one horse for Irad Ortiz and Jane Sabelli, is interesting. Makes a very late, uh, belated uh, rally in his races. He's at the right level. Jerry's turns a horse that you know I'm not surprised is being uh, bet down from his morning line odds. He had a brutal trip here on uh, December 31st. Uh, he should be on or near the lead, going a mile and. Uh, for some reason, this show brings the the stable of Tim Hills alive, at least at Aqueduct. We'll see if that pattern continues. But uh, sharp work on January 14th signals his his alertness. But I like the eight. Good re- good rapport. Young trainer here, Jamie Begg. Long-time Mark Cassie assistant. Look, he's back at the right level. He won a turf route at uh, Belmont May 26th of uh, 2023. Just a nice horse. I just think he's well spotted here, and he's a fair price at uh, 9 to 2. All right, so 9 to 2 the price on good rapport uh, with Paco Lopez aboard, currently the uh, co-third choice in the wagering behind number four, Mr. Abario, uh, number one, General's Duty, who's 3-1 to one right now on the board, and uh, both the two Jerry's turn and eight good rapport sitting on the board at 9-2 to two as the horses are uh, just kind of getting their, I, I wouldn't even say they're getting their final warm-ups in because they're not. They're just kind of killing time right now is what it is. They're giving people their last chances to get their wagers in for the finale at Gulfstream Park, and the horses and their outriders will make their way from the main track across the synthetic surface onto the turf where they will uh, take just over one lap around the course uh, at Gulfstream Park for this one-mile event. Checking uh, post times around the country, Sunland Park, they're about two minutes away from post time and actually getting close to the starting gate for the fifth race there. So let's take a quick look at that race, Bob. 58 degrees, mostly sunny conditions in Sunland Park, New Mexico, and the track is fast. Fifth race is one mile in distance. These are New Mexico-bred fillies and mares that are non-winners of three races lifetime. They're in for a $6,250 tag. Uh, Nine to five on the board right now for Maddie Poppy. She is the three on your programs, but it's number seven, Artful Rose, who's three to one's uh, third choice in the wagering, top billing according to First Bet AI. No, I, d- I gave Maddie Poppy the three in here, a long look. The Mason Meadows homebred uh, first try around two turns, but uh, has a, a, a this this uh, mare has a really nice stamina laden pedigree and high percentage. Nancy Summers uh, trains this horse. She's a very effective route trainer. Uh, one of two for the stable in here, but she uh, gets uh, Kelsey Purcell. He's uh, riding a good form to ride. This daughter of uh, Indian Firewater, a less uh, illustrious uh, son of um, Indian Charlie, trained by Bob Baffert, nowhere nowhere near in the same class as Arrowgate, uh, but uh, he himself did win the grade two San Fernando in 2011 at Santa Anita. has been a good sire out in New Mexico. And I think Matty Poppy will improve uh, – going two turns as a, as a side note on this Gulfstream race which maybe runs sometime in the next five minutes um you know it, it's a 25 non-two but the field is a combined nine for 159 so a lot of frustrating sorts in there I just think it's a good breakthrough opportunity for good rapport but uh Matty Poppy the three is my selection in the Sunland fifth I like how you turn a negative into a glass half full look there with this finale at Gulfstream Park. Uh, None of them really very good, but a great opportunity 
for somebody. <laughs> I mean, it is. See, I mean, twenty-five non-two like, is. If you were, if you were <laughs> a, a head coach in something like, if you were on that HBO show Hard Knocks, where they're chronicling different football teams, and lately they, the last one they did, the Miami Dolphins, you'd be the, you know, the coach standing there in front of the auditorium full of your players, basically saying, "What a, you know, even though we just lost by forty points, this is a great learning opportunity for us right now." It does. It is. Not I mean, ma- it's true. It does I mean, not matter that we were a giant embarrassment three days ago. <laughs> this is the, the. It only matters going forward what we can prove to ourselves. Okay. Uh, it enough, doesn't matter getting, that we never ever win. Yeah. It. By the way, it's getting really <laughs> deep in here right now, and I don't mean deep like uh, hard thinking and that kind of stuff. Uh, they are getting to the gate at both Sunland and Gulfstream, so we're going to stick at Gulfstream Park, uh, not only because it's the bigger of the two tracks, but it's also the only race that we're going to get to cover from Gulfstream today. Hopefully we'll be able to bring you all or at least most of both of these races. We're going to get you gate-to-wire action from Gulfstream, and depending how late uh, how how fast it takes them to get into the gate at Sunland. We'll probably be able to get you most or all of that race as well. By the way, over at Fairgrounds, uh, they're just coming onto the track for the sixth race on the card, and we've got four or five minutes to post there, so a little bit of time. But back at Gulfstream Park, uh, last few runners are going into the gate for this ninth and final race on the Thursday of Pegasus Week, uh, today's card does not even close to, uh, c- come to rem- uh, it doesn't come close to resembling the quality that we're going to see on Saturday. Uh, with the exception of Florida Derby Day, I would say Pegasus Day is the is annually now the biggest day of the season at Gulfstream Park, and that's just two days away. Here's the ninth and final in Hallandale Beach. And. Runners away. In the center, High Stakes gets the first call with Mr. Abario right alongside in second. Taken in hand while a bit keen is Jerry's turn, third at the inside. Good rapport is up between horses and the Mar is on the outside. Second last is General's Duty. The early trailer is Jebby. High Stakes is the leader. High stakes around the turn on top from between horses, Mr. Abario. Three wide goes good rapport. Headstrong while up the inside is Jerry's turn in fourth. Followed fifth by the Mar, then General's Duty. And Zayas and Jebby, last of the seven, the quarter time was 24 and two. Less than six furlongs to run on the race. High stakes has the lead. In between horses, Mr. Abario is second. Good rapport, three wide while third. At the inside, Jerry's turn a bit better to handle now. Fourth at the inside, followed fifth by the Mar. Second last is General's duty, and the trailer is Jebby. 48 and three for the half as they make their way half a mile from the judges. The leader is high stakes, three parts of length. Mr. Abario second. Locked in on the inside is Jerry's turn. Outside, good rapport. Then back to General's duty. Irad looks like he wants to follow Panici. Outside in the Mar, the trailer is Jebby. The leader is high stakes. Mr. Abario comes to call. High stakes on the outside. They're now shoulder to shoulder. Inside a quarter of a mile from home. Trying to work for a run is Jerry's turn. General's duty slides through at the inside. They're at the top of the stretch. It's now now, Mr. Abario and High Stakes who kick for the wire off cover. Jerry's turn still in with a shot. General's duty is now fourth. They come past the 16th pole. It's Mr. Abario. It's Jerry's turn surging. Jerry's turn getting up. Jerry's turn. Jerry's turn for the money. Close then for second. Mr. Abario or High Stakes stopped in the run was General's duty. He had to settle for fourth in 135 and one. First bet AI winner, number two, Jerry's turn, wins it in the ninth and final at Gulfstream. Let's head over to Sunland Park. They're approaching the top of the stretch. 
She's had a good trip so far, but she's engulfed. Artful Rose takes total command with a wide advance. Artful Rose coming off the pace with plenty of energy going down the outside part of the racetrack she is, and La Diamond is trying to take advantage. La Diamond will take advantage as Artful Rose took a right-handed turn, and it certainly cost her a bunch. It's La Diamond, three-way photo for second between Artful Rose, Caddy Dom and Evil Temptation. All right, unofficially, it looked like 2-7 and a show photo in the fifth at Sunland. I'm going to disagree with the opinion of the race caller there who made it sound like the seven artful rows had tons of energy and was rolling by the field on the outside. I think the reason that artful rows was getting out so badly down the lane, Bob, is she just had absolutely nothing left and was just... Uh, Listen, for a lack of a way, a better, a better way of putting it, she was just absolutely dead tired uh, down the lane. And number two, uh, La Diamant uh, was clearly stronger down the lane and goes on to win it. La Diamant uh, was two for 23 uh, going into this race, which really in the overall context of things in this, you know, 62.50 uh, restricted claimer. Uh, was not bad form, and the key, I guess, to her uh, coming to life today and finishing strongly was the return to a route. Um, she's been racing evenly, going six and a half at both Zia and Sunland, and uh, fading late, but uh, she just obviously wants two turns as this daughter of a proceed, and yes, um, very exhausted um, from the uh, eighth pole to the wire from Artful Rose, who definitely loomed, uh, but uh, definitely got exhausted and, and bore out. Uh, she was stretching out, and she did not seem to enjoy it uh, out of a Montbrook married think she would definitely be more of a one-turn sort of horse. Uh, by the way, unofficially, two, four, five, one, the top four over at Gulfstream Park as the winner Jerry's turn uh, makes the way back to the winner's circle. Making a way to the starting gate is race six at Fairgrounds. The field is just in behind the gate, maiden special weight event. Bob, uh sloppy and off the turf 68 degrees showers all day and continuing on and off in new orleans this is a mile and a 16th on the sloppy main track field of six going to post in this race um first bet ai says number one earl of dassel is going to make the 10th time the charm you get seven to two on him big favorite right now is the two empire's best yeah i think empire's best is being over betting here i mean i you know, I, I thought that he definitely has a chance. I mean, Giroux and Cox are 39% together and really have developed into what, one of the best tandems in racing. Um, you know, Earl of Dassel's got a chance, but he comes very late. We've seen that as a negative on this uh, main track. And Southside's kind of interesting here, but the Eddie Keneally barn is cold, so I didn't really know what to do in this race. I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw a couple of bucks at Earl of Dassel. Uh, proper salute uh, to the great uh, Minnesotan Bob Luthenbach, who we uh, lost uh, in, the, in the last couple of months here. Tr owned Bell's the one and Vicari and Mayo on the side. And great they're off at, they, they're off at fairgrounds, Bob. Got to cut you okay. off. Earl of Dassel, there's Great Runner with an early bid as they head to the first turn. Beaumont Red with Southside and Active Duty has dropped back to last with Laurent Giroux. It's Empire's Best. So Empire's Best. Favorite has taken the point with seven furlongs to run in front here of Great Runner, who tracks Empire's best. Earl of Dessel in the Lothenbach Blue with a red cap, saving ground in third. Three crows length end to Beaumont Red. Southside keen up the rail and active duty trail still. It's Empire's best. The opening quarter in 24.51 seconds at one to two. The favorite led. It's Empire's best who dictates the field. 
with great runner in the pursuer's role for Jose Rodriguez, Jareth Loveberry, and Earl of Dassel saving ground in third by two. On the outside, Beaumont Red in fourth position for Brian Hernandez Jr., saving ground for Corey Lannery at south side, five lengths off this leader, Empire's Best, who's doing this nicely out in front past the half-mile pole, and James Graham, active duty, remains last. The half-mile in 48.41 seconds. They round the far turn. Empire's Best continues to lead. Great runner by a length and a half. Earl of Dassel running in third. Beaumont Red being asked to pick up on the front side on this off-track. South side with the rail. And active duty remains last of the maiden sextet as Earl of Dassel comes to inside of Empire's Best, who's bearing out. Great runner on the front side. Advantage, Earl of Dassel for Jared Lubbery into the stretch after three quarters. In 1 minute 13.62 through the gentle Goo with the wrong Giroux. Empire's Best has battled back. Earl of Dassel toward the inside. Empire's Best and Earl of Dassel, and here. I think we lost the yeah. stretch run of the six. Yeah, we did. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely went out on my computer as well. It looks it, like it went, whoa, it I mean, went out everywhere. Galloping it, out. It, it was it was not something from your computer. It was something from the fairgrounds, and both the one Earl of Dassel and two Empire's Best were right together when this happened. And uh, thankfully, they are going to show us the stretch run again. They were right together inside the final furlong. Empire's Best uh, was really having trouble cornering around the turn, but once uh, he straightened out, Florent Giroux went to work on him, and uh, he re-engaged. Earl of Dassel had really the Red Sea open for him at the top of the stretch. He came through, I think, to poke ahead in front inside the final 16th, and number one Earl of Dassel does go on to win by a long neck, almost a half a length. One, two, five, four, the unofficial order of finish. So uh, good on the first bet AI, good on Bob Nastanovich. They come up with number one Earl of Dassel, who is a nice price at seven to two, unofficial winner of the sixth race over at the fairgrounds. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get you the prices for the finale at Gulfstream. We'll get you paid at Sunland. Hopefully, we'll get you paid here at Fairgrounds. Look back at some more big races from last week and talk more about what's going on in this great sport of horse racing that we love so much. This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. When kids need medical care, they will often face stressful and life-changing experiences. From complex treatments to long hospital stays, these special patients miss out on the things that most kids take for granted and let kids be kids. That's where Starlight Children's Foundation comes in. Since 1982, Starlight Children's Foundation has transformed the in-hospital experience for more than 17 million seriously ill kids in 800 children's hospitals and facilities across the United States. Our state-of-the-art programs like Starlight Virtual Reality, Starlight Hospital Wear, and Starlight Gaming let kids just be kids, if even for a few moments. Whether donning an action figure gown instead of standard hospital issue, or settling into gamer mode, if it brings a smile, a laugh, or just a break from their reality, it's happiness delivered. Learn more at starlight.org. That's starlight.org. A gentle breeze blows across your face as you take a refreshing sip of water, appreciating the stillness of another morning fishing on the lake. The distant gurgle of a stream reminds you of days spent playing in the creek, the cool, clear water rushing between your toes. You love this time with nature, the feeling of putting everything on hold to connect with the world around you. 
Now, imagine it's all gone. No fish, no lake, no water. One of life's most vital resources, irreplaceably depleted. Time is running out to protect fresh water, and without our love, it can and will disappear. It's our choice. Love it or lose it. Help protect our fresh water. Visit World Wildlife Fund at wwf.org love. The YMCA is just a starting line for the true self blooms only when we find our purpose, what makes us tick below the surface. My why is diversity in unity, a safe space in my community, living with sincerity, giving every day my everything. With my why, I stand strong, seen, and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror, and everyone belongs. Find your why. Learn more at ymca.org for a better us. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Swale. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Track Phantom and Nash as these three-year-olds turn for home. Lat Long on the outside and Ethan Energy, and these are well clear. Three-quarters in one minute, 13. Point 15 seconds, it's Track Phantom who sets sail for the final furlong. Nash in full stretch. It's Track Phantom who has the kick. Nash chased the pace. Then Batlong, Ethan Energy, well back to Tizzy Indy, now fifth. It is Track Phantom with Joel Rosario. Track Phantom, wire to wire in the Macomb. One by three from Nash. Batlong was third, fourth close. Tizzy Indy with Ethan Energy who flattened out and can't group was last home in 144.73. That was John Dooley on the call of the Grade 3 Lecomte Stakes, a points qualifier on the road in this year's Kentucky Derby. It was run this past Saturday at the fairgrounds. Much drier conditions than they're seeing today in New Orleans. And Track Phantom, who was the winner of the Gun Runner uh, in the prior month, defeated his rival Nash once again. Despite the fact that Track Phantom Bob beat Nash in the gun runner, the betting public was not so sure that he was going to be able to do it again. And uh, I was one of those who was not so sure he was going to be able to do it again. I know you like Track Phantom, but Nash was sent off the even money favorite. Track Phantom second choice at 7-5. to five. He was able to get out in front of the field despite the outside post and really didn't have to go all that fast early on. And when Joel Rosario asked him the question, he had plenty left to win by almost three yeah no he definitely loves the speed favoring main track at uh, the fairgrounds and you know huge question marks um you know with his ability to you know carry on as the uh you know distances get further on the triple crown trail uh but he obviously loves it there it has outstanding tactical speed son of quality road but uh not a lot of stamina in that damn side i thought of an into mischief mare called miss sunset and the uh bottom side of the family gets pretty quick so it seems on paper to be a really sort of a miler um will sees obviously in good hands uh trained by steven asmussen a slew of prominent owners and uh i'm sure he'll get his chance uh i imagine the risen star would be his next target 
Uh, folks, we owe you some prices at, uh, well, basically everywhere. So we're going to start over at Gulfstream Park, uh, where the ninth and final race on the Thursday card was won by number two, Jerry's Turn, the selection of the first bet, AI. He's a six-year-old chestnut gelding by uh, Girolamo out of the more-than-ready mare Get Set Go. Owned by Seagull Capital LLC and trained by Tim Hills. There he is, Luca Panici, the winning rider. Yeah, Tim Hills, the last three times he's had runners on this show, I think we had a $40 horse, a $60 horse, and now Jerry's turn who paid a mere nine twenty to win, uh, three sixty to place, two eighty to show. He's 12-1 to in the morning line, got slammed down, uh, you know, two, two scratches, but the scratches were long shots, so... Jerry's turn was very popular at the windows. He beat the favored Mr. Abario, who paid $3 to place, 240 to show. And high stakes was really tough for trainer Carrie Bryan today. Only got worn down in the final strides, paid 480 to show. The $1 exacta, $11.70. The 245 try for 50 cents paid $31.95. And the 10 cent super, 2, 4, 5, and 1. $15.55. Over at Sunland Park, fifth race on the card, one from off the pace by number two, La Diamante, a five-year-old bay mare by Proceed, out of the Chimes Band mare, pocket full of chime. Owned by John Buffington, trained by Jose Gonzalez, Jose Vasquez, the winning rider. Yeah, that's the first um, race I've seen live at Sunland. This mean I watched a lot of replays preparing for these races, and it sure does look like a proper test uh, coming home down the stretch there. Le Diamant uh, seemed to relish the test today, paid 19 to win, $7 to play, 360 to show. Artful Rose, the one that bore out in the last 16th, paid 320 to place, 220 to show, and Caddy Dom under Ken Hill paid 340 to show. $1 exact to 27, $40.40. The one dollar try two seven five paid one hundred and fifty dollars and seventy cents, and the one dollar super two seven five four paid seven hundred ninety nine dollars and seventy cents. About ten minutes away from post time for the sixth race over at Sunland. Speaking of the sixth race, they're official in race six at the fairgrounds today. And uh, in the sixth race at Fairgrounds, good battle down the stretch between two of the favorites. It was number one, Earl of Dassel, getting the win, a four-year-old Dark Bayer Brown Colt by Cairo Prince out of the Freud Mare. Uh, Dr. Melfi, owned by Lothenbach Stables and trained by Neil Pesson with Jareth Loveberry. Yeah, it seems like Cairo Princes are winning everywhere these days. Dirt, turf, slop, wherever. Uh, Earl of Dassel for uh, Loveberry and Pesson paid nine twenty to win, three twenty to place, two twenty to show, and out gutted Empire's Best, who loomed all over the winner in the stretch, flattened out. Heavy favorite paid two twenty to place, two ten to show, an active duty for Dallas Stewart and Jimmy Graham, two sixty to show, one dollar exact to one two nine dollars and thirty cents, fifty cent try one two five twelve dollars and ninety cents, and the one dollar super. One, two, five, and four, fifty-six dollars and twenty cents. Right now, it's time for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from BloodHorse.com. Well, there was a lot of news in the last few days, but this is a big one: Baffert Zadon dropping appeal of Medina Spirit case. Hall of Fame trainer Bob Baffert and owner Amir Zadon 
have agreed to fully and finally dismiss their appeal of the disqualification of Medina Spirit's win in the 2021 Kentucky Derby, according to a January 22nd Kentucky court filing. The document, called a stipulation of dismissal, says Baffert and Zidane, quote, agree and stipulate to dismiss the above cause of action in its entirety with prejudice, unquote. Each party will bear its own costs and expenses. Uh, for what it's worth, um, it says Baffert posted on X, which was formed and used to be known as Twitter, uh, minutes before the story was submitted for publication, quote, I have instructed my attorneys related to the disqualification of Medina Spirit in the 2021 Kentucky Derby. Zidane Racing owner Amir Zidane and I have decided it's best to positively focus on the present and future that our great sport offers. We thank the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission and Churchill Downs for listening and considering our point of view. And we are grateful for the changes and clarity that HISA brings to our sport, unquote. Churchill Downs, in an emailed statement received shortly after this story was posted, said via a spokesperson, quote, today's dismissal of appeal does not change the current suspension or deadline to transfer horses for the upcoming 150th Kentucky Derby. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. Download a copy now from Blood Horse Magazine via the App Store or Google Play or subscribe today and you get a 2024 Blood Horse Racing Calendar. It's a $24.95 value, absolutely free. Go to bloodhorse.com forward slash HRRN plus. Included in your subscription to Blood Horse Magazine is a free Blood Horse Plus membership. It's a $50 value, bloodhorse.com forward slash HRRN. All right, Bob. Uh, so uh, a lot of us are saying, well, it's about time because this was going nowhere. Um, I, I think the biggest uh, part the, of the story that a lot of us are interested in is this does not change anything, at least as far as 2024 Oaks and Derby goes, which means any horses that are in Bob Baffert's care that uh, might have either Kentucky Derby or Kentucky Oaks aspirations this year are going to have to be in somebody else's barn by this Monday, January 29th, in order to you know be eligible to get Oaks and Derby qualifying points and ultimately uh, run at Churchill Downs. So uh, Baffert, uh, they've dropped the they've dropped the appeal. They are uh, listen. No matter what the quote is, when you're sitting there, whenever you th- hear him saying how we're thanking the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission and we're thanking Churchill Downs, um, you, you sit there with a smile and say, sure, you're, I'm sure you're really thanking, thanking them for the, uh, <laughs> you know, the whatever that they've been giving you for the last few years. That's, that's funny that you say that. But um, whatever it is, it doesn't change anything for this year. I'm thinking that their hopes are that, you know, Maybe for 2025, they get off the uh, SH-you-know-what list. <laughs> it's always a nice list. Yeah, I'd say they're trying to kill him with kindness too late in the game. I mean, maybe uh, if, you know if, if they issued such a statement four or five months ago hoping to get in this year and sort of working on, on it then, they might have had a, a better chance. But again... You know, I don't really, I'm not really close to both sides here myself. It just seems that uh, Churchill continues to be pretty unyielding, uh, so perhaps it is a good idea for them to start 
a year in advance. Uh, again, it's kind of interesting that as far as we know, several of the top Colts and a few Phillies uh, have not moved at all, and uh, kind of similar to the NBA trade deadline that comes up uh, pretty soon. Uh, if you're a horse racing fan, you'll be kind of watching, you know, Nysos and uh, and Muth and uh, several other, you know, potential Triple Crown, basically Kentucky Derby contenders, and a few Kentucky Oaks contenders to see if they'll move. But uh, right now, uh, they're staying put, so they, they're non-players, and, and we'll see if that status changes in the next few days. I, I, I'd be shocked if nobody moved. I mean, they've moved each of the last few years, and he's got a f- you know, at least one that a lot of people think is a real serious horse, and there are you know, two or three others in there that are obviously very talented too, whether or not you think that they're actually der- Kentucky Derby type of horses. They're certainly very, very talented. I, listen, it's, it's very strange, um, and it's, uh, it just goes with the world we live in right now, Bob. Everything seems a little bit sideways yeah, over I mean, the last couple <clears throat> years. It's but, a uh, shame, really, because, I mean, it's, it, you know, basically – uh, you know, this time of year when people really start to catch derby fever as we watch these prep races, they want, you know, they want sort of everybody included. And as we've seen over the last 20 years, you know, high-quality West Coast contenders have been money. I mean, and, uh, you know, I think that right now it'd be difficult to argue that um, Nysos and Muth shouldn't be in just about everybody's top six, um, you know, especially with Muth coming out of that effort in the Breeders' Cup in which he was soundly beaten by fierceness. Didn't run a, be- a bad race. He beat all the others, and he came back and won, what, he won the San Vicente pretty impressively the other day. He's he's a nice colt, and he's very durable, and he's the kind of horse that apparently will show up. And uh, Nysos has looked ex- just absolutely brilliant. Um, so, you know, we you know in an ideal world, It'd be nice to, you know, look at those horses as live contenders for the Kentucky Derby, which you would do under normal circumstances. Folks, don't sweat your win bet with First Bet this Saturday. They're giving you cash back up to $20 if the horse you bet to win in any of the three Pegasus races comes in second or third. With top Pegasus World Cup contenders, National Treasure, First Mission, Warm Heart, and Didia all set to enter the gate in these three featured races, you can bet with confidence with first bet. Well, horses that are not pointing toward this year's Kentucky Derby um, for one reason or the other, the main reason being that they're already four and up, uh, we go to the sixth race at Sunland Park. Five and a half furlongs the distance. Uh, condition claiming event, $5,000 the claiming tag for four-year-olds and up. They're either non-winners of race last year or non-winners of four races lifetime. We've got a field of seven going to post in this race. Bob, first bet AI says it's number seven. Mark money where you want your money, but you're going to have to take a short price. He's three to five. Well, it's kind of interesting. Marked money, of course, hails from the Todd Fincher barn, who has senior Buscador in the uh, in the Pegasus. Obviously, he's been a wonderful horse. Last seen uh, with a late uh, late rally in the uh, previously mentioned Cigar Mile horse that ran in the Breeders' Cup Classic this year and has, has picked up some uh, big prizes along the way. Really cool horse. Uh, Marked money is uh, six to five uh, morning line favorite here. Really lays over the field on form. Uh, New Mexico bred. New Mexican breds are in for seventy five hundred here. Opens are in for uh, five thousand. Consistent horse, eight for nine in the money. Two seconds at Sunland. Looks like he's just way too hard to beat. Dropping all the way down to this level. 
Um, is it a suspicious drop? I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, under normal circumstances, you could make it, that case, but it looks like he's just in there to win there, and he's got an Iowa bred to beat. An Iowa bred who cost one thousand dollars as a yearling, but is very fast last year at Prairie Meadows, but uh, doesn't seem to carry that form to other tracks. And that's the three Cyclone Mesa, difficult to oppose. Marked money in here. Um, you know, it just lo- looks like he lays all over the field. All right, they are uh, starting the loading process at Sunland Park. Sunland shows us something. Uh, when they're going in the gate that a lot of other places don't, and that is the gate load time. And for the life of me, Bob, I cannot figure why anyone would care about what the load time is. I, I mean, is that going into some – I'm get well, I shouldn't say that. There's probably somebody out there that uh, follows these circuits uh, more closely than we do that may be in their handicapping as well. They had to be in the gate uh, you know, two and a half minutes the last time this horse ran. And, uh, he really wasn't liking it there. So if they can keep it to like a 48-second load time this time, that's going to hit this one right between the eyes. Uh, I can't figure it out, whatever <laughs> it is. Let's go to Sunland for the six. Quick load nonetheless. Left at the beginning was Cyclone Mesa. It's going to cost him a few links. Searing away from their major way home under Kenny Tohill is sent to the front. Little Lada goes going to add some spice to that pace in second and now acquiring a great position in third is Mark Money. Just about two lengths off the pace he is. Cyclone Mesa is going to have to go around the entire pack and he's already up in the fourth. Behind him, Zenfully Zesty, Dino's Daddy, and about eight lengths off the pace is Juval. They're coming for home now with three furlongs left. Mark Money going on the attack as Little Latigo took over for a brief moment. Mark Money absolutely in hand now. Takes over from the embattled Little Latigo and Major Way Home. Cyclone Mesa wide on the track is advancing promisingly, but Mark Money should have plenty left in the tank for the stretch drive as he's challenged by Cyclone Mesa, but he He's responding in kind, still leads by a half. It's getting closer, though Cyclone Mesa's not giving way. Mark Money leads. Mark Money ahead in front. Cyclone Mesa's may have him. It's a head bobber, and it is Cyclone Mesa in front at the wire. Mark Money a close second, then either Juval or Major Way Home. All right, first of all, unofficially, 3741, a tight photo <laughs> on the line, but went to number three, Cyclone Mesa, who blew the break, had to go wide and now come from off the pace, which is not really what he wants to do. I am going with the theory. This announcer is the biggest mush of any announcer I've ever heard. He went from this horse is well in hand. He's even telling you he should have plenty left as because apparently the announcer knows that he should have plenty left. But at no point did it look like he was putting away Cyclone Mesa. And, in fact, he got it right at the end. Cyclone Mesa did have him in the final strides and looked like he got up. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean that, stuff, just, really. that hey. was just uh, it, pure entertainment unless you really, really needed the seven. Well, and I'm sure a lot of people did. That's the painful part. But uh, really, on the inside, the one-horse major way home was pretty difficult uh, for the heavy favorite uh, to put away their marked money in it. And, uh, you know, the way the announcer called that, you just expected jockey Christian Ramos to shake marked money up and for him to kick clear by about six. But uh, amazing effort here by Cyclone Mesa. Uh, uh, He shows one race where he came from off of it 
In fact, just came came from off of a couple of times at Prairie Meadows, but wonderful training job by uh, the red hot Sherry Armstrong here. She's now uh, about judging by these stats, four for eleven on the meet, and a really uh, smooth, uh, cool ride by Francisco Amperon, who's also batting a very high percentage uh, in the irons there. Really cool ride. Did everything he could to give his horse a chance, and and got a huge response out of him to wear down a perfect trip, a uh, perfect trip one to five favorite. So, kudos to the Iowa bred Cyclone Mesu. Cost one thousand as a yearling and has now won about forty five thousand in his career, and is very tough in Altoona, Iowa. Bob, I would venture to guess that uh, not only you, but uh, if not all of our listeners. 99 point whatever percent of our listeners have been to a racetrack or an OTB uh, of some sort or a race book where there's somebody there when you're betting a race there's somebody who is basically maloiking you 20 30 40 seconds before the race oh you're home free oh he's gone from there uh, you know they'll never catch him at this point and if you have money on this horse it doesn't matter if you have $2 on the horse or you have $2,000 on the horse. Um, there's nothing that you want to hear less. And because l- less, there's, no, <laughs> there's no positive outcome from this. I, as I tell it, it's like loaning money to somebody. There's no positive outcome. The best possible scenario is you get your money back. You break even if you're lucky. When this person is saying these things, the best thing that could possibly happen is what looks like is happening actually happens. But it doesn't always happen that way. And then that's when you really have to uh, restrain yourself. And hopefully you're not a violent nature, uh, violent person by nature. Um, and there's, you know, no sharp objects around that you can grab and wield, uh, you know, uh, those kind of things. Uh, but uh, that's what the call on number seven marked money sounded like if you're not watching and you're listening how did that horse possibly lose with all that he had going in hand should have plenty left uh just shaking the reins at him he lost he lost yeah he did Okay. You know, and, and we got to get over to the fairgrounds. So what are they? Minutes of post, but yeah, no, we'll we'll go back into the uh, joy of sitting in the uh, sort of what's kind of a long gone tradition for the most part of sitting in those uh, simulcast uh, areas with huge crowds and the, and some of the characters in there. I thought there should have been a documentary made about that, but uh, they're still there. But you got to—they're not readily available like they used to be. All right, Bob, they're actually getting toward the starting gate for this upcoming race at Fairgrounds. Race 7 off the turf, now a mile and 70 yards on the sloppy main track. Scratch numbers 3, 8, and 10. Even money favorite is number 5, money well spent. Uh, money well spent. This is a uh, an optional claiming allowance event for Louisiana-bred fillies and mares, non-winners of two other than or in for a claiming price of $20,000. Yeah, no, money well spent. Um, is even money here. First time off the uh, Chris Hartman claim. Chris wins at a 24% uh, rate. Uh, when he when he runs them first time off the claim, also shows a sharp work here in the morning, January 17th. We kind of noted on this show that Chris wasn't winning races at fairgrounds, but his barn has heated up here in the last couple of weeks. 
uh, more formful, high percentage trainer. Um, Louis is interested in, in, in here, likes a wet track, stretches out, but I like the six strawberry Sunday. A horse that just loves the slop for uh, the high percentage connections of Jose Guerrero and Shane Wilson. Again, another really rapid fire load at fairgrounds, but I like the six strawberry Sunday at five to two. All right, loading quickly, as Bob mentioned, for this race. Just a few left to go in, the ones coming in from the outside. Uh, they are main track onlys, number 11, Shelley's Angel, 12, Guitar Woman, uh, the last one to load in, and we'll send it out to John Dooley with the call of race seven at Fairgrounds. One mile on 70 yards. They're in the gate. Shelley's Angel getting fractious. Ready. And they're off. Strawberry Sunday, Louis V toward the inside. Money well spent, and there's Lovers Never Say with an early move as they enter the first turn. It's Louis V, the great Strawberry Sunday, and Lovers Never Say, three abreast with just inside seven furlongs to run. Money well spent in the purple cap, joined out by by Guitar Woman, the leading quintet, three clear from Shelley's Angel. Visionista settled in for Jareth Lovery in front of sixth anniversary, and our little girls drop back to last. The opening quarter, 23.92 seconds as they make this run toward the half-mile pole with Jose Rodriguez. It's Lovers Never Say. And toward the inside for Traylon Albert, Louis V. Louis V, Lovers Never Say. They both lead the way. Strawberry Sunday tracking them. While racing three to four clear from Money Well Spent. Looks to draw in now for Corey Lannery from fourth. Guitar Woman has raced wide in fifth. Sixth anniversary is sixth. Then Visionista, Shelley's Angel, and the trailer remains Our Little Girl. A half mile in 47.82 seconds. Around the far turn they go. Lovers never say. Louis V. And here's Strawberry Sunday, who's on the move for Jose Guerrero. Strawberry Sunday to take on these leaders. Money well spent. Sixth anniversary is coming on the far outside. And Visionista moves up boldly toward the rail as these Phillies mares splash for home after three quarters in one minute 14.30 seconds. Strawberry Sunday. Lovers never say. Visionista. A steady gain with the rail. One furlong to go. On the far outside, money well spent. Deep route, sixth anniversary. Here comes Visionista, who's rallying with the rail. Strawberry Sunday, and right there, lovers never say. They're close to home. Sixth anniversary is fourth. It's Visionista with the rail for J-Love. Visionista has won it from lovers never say, who did not miss by much. Strawberry Sunday, third and sixth anniversary. Stanside finish fourth. Unofficially 1769 in the off the turf seventh race over at the fairgrounds. Visionista, the rail runner for trainer Eduardo Rodriguez and jockey Jareth Loveberry getting the job done. Nice price here, Bob, nine to one. Yeah, generous price. And, uh, you know, a, a horse that had won on the turf, son of Court Vision, of course, who we um, remember winning the uh, Breeders' Cup mile at Churchill Downs at a huge price for Bill Mott and John Velasquez years, years ago. Out of a data link mare, first time on an off track, but again, in great form uh, for Jareth Loveberry. I've never heard called J-Love before, but there you go. But, yeah, definitely carrying that good farm form over for the Eduardo Rodriguez barn and a uh, good win at a nice price. No excuse for Strawberry Sunday. Really just hung uh, when uh, she hit the front. Um, you know, ran a, ran a good race, but flattened out. 
All right, 1769, the unofficial order to finish in the seventh race at Fairgrounds. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get you paid at Sunland and Fairgrounds. We'll look back at some more great races from last weekend, bring you some more news that's happened recently in racing. This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom and when they come home. I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. I was paralyzed. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. Because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads, accessible homes, cars, jobs, benefits. PBA has brought me back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. Did you know that when you make time to do three simple things each day with your children, talking, reading, and singing, you're helping to shape and strengthen their brains for the years to come? I love to look at the pictures in a book and notice little details about the characters. I pause along the way to ask my child to wonder about how they might feel. When you ask open-ended questions like, what do you notice? Or what do you think will happen next? You're inviting them to be curious. All these rich conversations help develop both their vocabularies and their thinking skills. And it's a great way for you and your child to bond and discover the world together. As a father, helping my child is the most important thing to me. Each of us has the power to create a strong start for our children by talking, reading, and singing with them from the moment they're born and help them to enter school ready to learn and succeed in life. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, resources, and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. HRRN is live online. Go to our website at horseracingradio.net to stream all of our broadcasts live or listen to the show archives anytime. Read our blogs, get the latest news, and see our entire broadcast schedule. It's all there at horseracingradio.net. And follow us on Twitter at HRRN and like our page on Facebook. Search Apple Podcasts for HRRN and download our latest shows. HRRN is home to racing's biggest events. And our home on the web is at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. New leader, Midnight Memories, 516th out. Desert Dawn coming to her on the outside. Musical Mischief at the rail, trying to stay with them. Coffee in bed is fourth, which has two to make up. Desert Dawn sprints up on the outside of Midnight Memories. And these two come to the eighth pole with Coffee in bed in hot pursuit in the center of the track. Desert Dawn puts away Midnight Memories. Coffee in bed rallies into second. It's Desert Dawn and Flavian Pratt in a superb performance, winning the La Cañada by a length and a half. 
coffee in bed, lost nothing in defeat. Midnight Memories was third. Welcome back. First Bed Racing Show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. That was Frank Miramati on the mic. This past Saturday, uh, the Grade 3 La Cunada Stakes won by Desert Dawn. Went off as the second choice in the wagering at just uh, about 9-5. to five. Flavian Pratt guiding the Phil D'Amato trainee from well off the pace to win by just about a length. Heavily favored Midnight Memories. Uh, didn't break all that well, but was really just flat down the lane and was far back finishing third in the field of five. Uh, folks, horse racing's most player-friendly handicapping tournament, the Pegasus World Cup Betting Championship, is back this Saturday, January 27th. What makes it so great? Well, most importantly, first is seeding the prize pool with $50,000 of their own cash. And of your $6,000 buy-in, Five grand is your live tournament bankroll, and just $1,000 goes to prizes. That means more money for you to use to rocket to the top of the leaderboard. At 200 players, you're looking at a $250,000 prize pool. The prizes themselves stand alone. We're talking about huge stacks of cash, plus BCBC seats, NHC seats, and seats to the new and improved Ultimate Betting Challenge. Plus, you can play in the PWCBC online at ExpressBet or on track at either Gulfstream or Santa Anita. You think you got what it takes? Registration is already underway. Head over to pwcbc.com for registration and more information. Uh, All right, Bob, let's get some prices out for both Sunland Park and the fairgrounds at Sunland Park. Uh, despite what you may have heard, it was number three, Cyclone Mesa, who got the win. He's a five-year-old chestnut gelding by Formidable out of the Cougar Cat Mare Rocks Lil Sis, owned by Sherry Galvez and trained by Sherry Armstrong, Francisco Amparan, the winning rider. Yeah, and a really impressive effort for Cyclone Mesa because if you, if you wagered on him, you would have thought it was all over at the start. He broke two, three lengths behind the field, uh, but yeah, Great ride by Amperon to put him in a position coming out of the turn to win the race, and he wore down the overwhelming favorite marked money. Cyclone Mesa, the three, paid eleven sixty to win, three twenty to place, two twenty to show, marked money, two ten to place, two ten to show, and Juval, who was uh, I believe third choice in the wagering, maybe second choice, paid two twenty to show. The one dollar exacta three seven thirteen dollars and ten cents. The one dollar try three seven four twenty dollars sixty cents, and the one dollar superfecta three seven four one paid forty nine dollars ninety cents. We're about eight minutes away from post time for the eighth race on the card. Uh, over, or rather, the seventh race on the card over at Sunland Park. Uh, The eighth race on the card at Sunland is where we'll find Bob's first bet of the day. So we'll make sure to uh, give you plenty of time uh, to discuss and uh, let us know why you like this horse and uh, what's so great about him (laughs) or her uh, when we get closer to that race. Over at Fairgrounds, results have gone official for race number seven, which was taken off the turf, moved to the sloppy main track with a distance change to a mile and 70 yards. Number one, Visionista, got the win, a four-year-old Bay Philly by Court Vision out of the Data Link Mare Miss Patty Pat Miss Pity Pat. I apologize. Owned by Ismail Thoroughbreds and trained by Eduardo Rodriguez with Jareth Loveberry riding. Yeah, now Vision East is in great form right now, and uh, she paid a uh, twenty forty to win, 
8.20 to place, 4.60 to show. Really brave effort from Lovers Never Say. Uh, looked like she was going to drop back at the top of the stretch, but kept on battling away. Paid 20.20 to place, 9.60 to show. And Strawberry Sunday, as I mentioned before, no excuses, loomed and hung. Paid 3.20 to show. The $1 exacto, 1.7, a hefty $158.90. 50-cent try, 1.76. 329 I'm sorry $321.90 on the 10-cent super 1769 251 and 14 cents All right a uh, story coming out from our good friend Dave Brenning over at the Racing Forum I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this Bob it's entitled Belmont at Saratoga tickets go on sale to public February 15th, general admission tickets, reserve seats, and hospitality offerings for the Belmont Stakes Racing Festival to be held June 6th through 9th at Saratoga will go on sale to the general public on February 15th, uh, announced by the New York Racing Association. There will be advanced slash pre-sale opportunity available for those who sign up at belmontstakes.com forward slash pre-sale. That's P-R-E hyphen sale. Tickets may be purchased at belmontstakes.com forward slash tickets beginning February 15th at 10 a.m. So you can get the pre-sale opportunity going to belmontstakes.com forward slash pre-sale or just get them uh, with the general public on February 15th starting at 10 a.m. General admission prices for June 6th and 9th will be $10. Same price as walk-up general admission during the Saratoga meet though $3 higher than the advanced general admission purchase price during the regular meet. General admission will be $30 on June 7th and $50 on June 8th, the latter being the day of the Belmont Stakes. Beginning February 15th, a general admission pass for the four days will be available for $90 while supplies last. Admission for children ages 4 to 12 will be $10 on June 7th, 20 on June 8th, Children 12 and under get in free on the 6th of the 9th. Uh, capacity for each of the four days of racing held June 6th through 9th will be capped at 50000 as is now typical on big event days at Naira. As is the case at the regular Saratoga meet, general admission tickets provide fans with access to the backyard, picnic tables, and apron. Reserve picnic tables will be available for purchase in the picnic paddock area. Naira will institute a random drawing for fans interested in securing reserved picnic tables. And then uh, this one's important to a lot of people too, Bob. Naira will implement on-track policies typically associated with the event when it's held at Belmont Park. That means no alcoholic beverages will be permitted to be brought into Saratoga June 6th through 9th. Coolers containing food and non-alcoholic beverages will be permitted during the regular 40-day Saratoga meet, which begins on July 11th. Naira will revert back to the standard policy of allowing alcoholic beverages in coolers. So a lot of information there, but I know we have a lot of listeners that are very excited about the chance to maybe go to Saratoga for this Belmont Racing Festival. And there you have it. The news is out. If you missed something that I read, uh, it's plain as day right there on uh, on the Racing Forum website, drf.com, written by Dave Grenning, all the prices, all the policies, uh, when and where to buy the tickets, and so forth. So uh, have at it. February 15th is the mad scramble. It sounds to me, though, Bob, like the right the play would be to go pre-register um, and get the pre-sale so you can get ahead of everybody and make sure that you get in. I would think that they will have no problem 
that they will be turning people away on Belmont Saturday if it's capped at 50,000? Unquestionably. I mean, I think even in the years where um, there isn't a horse going for the Triple Crown, uh, basically they put about 60,000, 70,000 at Belmont Park. Yeah, but this is, you know, as far as we know, going to be a one-off, and it's going to be a very hot ticket, and it's going to be Scalper's Paradise at uh, I don't. Saratoga. I don't know if it's a one-off because I don't know. I don't know when Bel- is Belmont going to be fully ready in 2025. Is that is that the deal, or is this a a two-time thing? What whatever it is, let's Who face knows, it. Sar- yeah. Saratoga is a magical word in uh, in our our world of thoroughbred racing, and uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, make that. Uh, their destination, you know, one of, if not the trip they make for the year uh, outside of their home track. And uh, as you mentioned, it could be a one-off. It's certainly not going to happen very often. And uh, hopefully the weather is good and uh, not 100 and whatever degrees up there uh, in the early part of June. And uh, I hope everything goes well. Uh, We will be watching from afar, but should be a fun scene those four days up at Saratoga for this year's Belmont Stakes Racing Festival. Uh, over at Sunland Park, they're about a minute away, Bob, from post time for race number seven on the card, a condition claiming event for 6,250 claimers. They are uh, four-year-olds and up, non-winners of two races in the past year or non-winners of four races lifetime scratch. The one Magic Moscow, that's a big scratch, would have taken money. All the action coming in now. On number seven, Charlie's Ghost, who is a narrow pick according to the first bet AI, but a solid pick from the betters, four to five on the board. You know, unquestionably, uh, Magic uh, Moscow would have taken uh, money in here, but he doesn't play, and it could very well be the presence of Charlie's Ghost. Uh, um, you know, basically, this horse has won two in a row. He he was uh, he was racing in Southern California. In fact, he raced against Sumter. He was a great at stakes horse uh, in November 21st when he started his career, faced a lot of tough fields, finally got the maiden win July 8th at Los Al, pretty easily for maiden claiming 20, um, failed for Hector Palma uh, when he went to Del Mar during the main meet there for 16 non-2, reappeared at Albuquerque and uh, handled an allowance field, a $30,000 purse there. Was dropped in, got the job done for 7,500 non-three. Then the high percentage barn of Dick Capolucci puts him in today in uh, this uh, condition claiming spot. Perennial uh, leading rider on the New Mexico circuit, Alfredo Juarez, takes them out. And it's hard to fathom anybody beating Charlie's Ghost in here. In fact, in the last race we covered at Sunland, you could make a case for the Iowa bred who won but I can't see anybody laying a glove on Charlie's ghost, but you never know. It's uh, horse racing in this uh, son of Ghost Sapper, who's uh, kind of an all-or-nothing horse, but if you take out his turf races, he doesn't lose on fast dirt. And uh, at a very short price, he'll be difficult to oppose. The seven, Charlie's ghost. All right, so he's the choice for Bob. He's the choice of the first bet AI, and uh, certainly the choice of the betters right now. Last few going in. Here's race seven at Sunland. And they're off and running. Looked to be a very good start for all. Showing speed from the rails position. Rhodium Runner's going to exit that shoot with about a half-length lead. Charlie's Ghost, though, is interested in running big today. There's not much pace up front, and Charlie's Ghost is free of traffic. Puts his neck in front. Johnny's a close second with Rhodium Runner into third. Also in that mix looks to be John L. John L's running forwardly now. 
And that uh, four-pack is about five in front from Big League Betty. The big gray silver daddy commences his run. He's rolling today and moving within four of the early leaders. Far behind them all is Riders Up. There's about three furlongs left. And wide on the scene, Charlie's Ghost, still going comfortably, has no choice but to go right to the front here and now. It's Charlie's Ghost now leading by about a head. In seconds, John L., the other two early leaders have flattened. They're into the top of the stretch. The Capalucci train favorite, Charlie's Ghost, is in command. Straightening away by three. Big League Benny, the second choice, trying to make a move. And he is advancing. Here comes Big League Benny to sweep on by the battle favorite, Charlie's Ghost, who had no response. So it's going to be Big League. Benny and Kenny Tohill to score at 92 by two legs. Charlie's go second, a distant third to John L. And fourth was Johnny. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go on with this, but I mean, it's becoming comical right here. Uh, in the race itself, number three, Big League Benny with our good friend Ken Tohill uh, did get up and by the favorite Charlie's Ghost in the final 16th or so to win going away Big League Benny coming off a fourth place finish against seventy five open $7,500 claimers last time out. Bob drops in against this conditioned 6250 level and uh, the drop certainly proved uh, beneficial. Big League Benny who had never been really a closer early part of his career looks like they've been trying to get him to settle and come from off the pace his last few and today it all pays off yeah apparently Sunland late and wide um is the uh place to be uh and uh yeah first time at Sunland park 32nd lifetime start for the seven-year-old gelding by the big beast of florida bread and uh another expensive uh yearling way back in uh Actually, it was an uh, OBS two-year-old we sold for $75,000. Um, dropping to, uh, you know, back in to, for 62.5 has been in for, for lower than that. Competitive horse, so fired a big shot in her toe hill today. And uh, good for Jeffrey Trujillo. But what we've seen at Sunland Park were two horses that were bet off the board. Looked like they laid all over the field on paper, but uh, were swooped up by a five, six wide late bid. So maybe that's the ticket at Sunland is the uh, late rally outside. But uh, if so, that plays into the hands of uh, the horse I like as my first bet of the day. And uh, we'll look forward to a similar coming at, coming at a much bigger price in the uh, Sunland 8th. All right, 3-7-5-6, the unofficial top four in the 7th at Sunland as Big League Benny at 9-2 to two gets by the 1-5 to five favorite Charlie's Ghost and wins going away. Over at Fairgrounds, uh, riders up for the eighth race on their card. We've got about seven minutes to go there, Bob. So a few minutes, and I, I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention some of the other big races that were held this past weekend over at Fairgrounds. We talked a little bit about the LeCompte, and by the way, with that win in the LeCompte, Track Phantom is now tied atop the Kentucky Derby points standings along with last year's Breeders' Cup Juvenile Champ Fierceness, they both have 30. I don't know if 30 in itself is enough to get into the Derby starting gate, uh, but it's certainly not far away if it's not. And it sounds like Track Phantom, he's not going to take any breaks. He's going to come back uh, February 17th in the Risen Star next next race in that Louisiana Derby series that they have at, at Fairgrounds. One race prior to the LeCompte, we saw the Grade 3 Louisiana Stakes, and I know you and I both thought that the pace scenario was going to play right into the hands of the Kenny McPeak trainee 
smile happy. Holy cow, were we wrong uh, when uh, we came up with that. Uh, The pace was not that fast early on. Somehow Saudi Crown was able to clear away by two lengths, going like 24 seconds for the opening quarter and just under 48 for the half. And, I mean, listen, this is a really, really good horse. He has proven it. He is lightly raced, but obviously he's got a lot of talent. And you let that horse get away with those kind of fractions on a track that already has been generous to speed uh, for quite some time. Saudi Crown was just way too good. He ended up uh, easily pulling away from the field, Bob, and winning by almost six lengths. And it sounds like uh, he is going to use that Louisiana Stakes as a catapult toward the $20 million Saudi Cup for his next start. As far as Smile Happy goes, he was just awful. I, I don't I don't even know what excuse he had. Uh, maybe he just couldn't carry the weight of both you and me on his back, but he was beyond bad uh, finishing last in the field of six. Yeah, I kind of wondered that as we both selected him and made him our best bet of the week there. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, he ran no sort of race. you got to put a line through it. He's not that bad. And basically, you know, he'd been off the shelf for a long time and, and – uh, you know, maybe he wasn't um, where you know where Kenny McPeak needed him to make uh, you know a top effort. But so look, Saudi Crown was a one-horse parade here. I mean, Five Star General is a nice horse, but you know he's nowhere near the same class, unfortunately, as uh, Saudi Crown. Red Route One, you know, showed his class here by picking up second from Happy American. They look like horses that would fight out the places, but yeah, no, the fractions told the story here: twenty-four, fourteen, forty-seven, ninety-three, and when Saudi Crown ran six furlongs and a little over a minute twelve, the race was at his mercy. Perhaps the scratch of Kapuna, who looked like a, uh, a you know a horse that might pressure him a bit on the lead, but uh, look, Florent Giroux and 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 Brad Cox, they win nearly forty percent of their races, and a lot of them they win this way, controlling the uh, pace and and you know he kicked clear and won by five and three quarters and silly us uh, opposing the uh, seven to ten favorite who paid 340 to win we were just you know flat out wrong but we envisioned a scenario that did not happen and uh, Saudi crown uh, when they turned for home and he had, he extended his advantage it was just again it's just a waltz in the park for a for a very good son of always dreaming a horse that uh, could have a very big year and uh, you know He's going Saudi Crown. He's you know perhaps named uh, with a with a winning huge amounts of money in the Middle East, in in mind, and it uh, looks like that's the game plan for the Cox Barn. Listen, I have no problem trying to beat three to five shots, and uh, you know I'd I'd rather do that than try to talk myself into liking a three to five shot. Um, it just didn't work out very well. Uh, it goes back, to, you know, it's the kind of the chicken and the egg question, Bob. When you bet a horse. Uh, like Smile Happy, who was just basically atrocious all the way around the track. If you're going to lose, do you want to have good rooting action till the end, or do you want to just know basically before the race is half over that uh, this was awful, uh, let's move on? That was just too bad to be true. I mean, we know the horse is better than that. I mean, on paper, he, he you know he proved that, but he was, you know. I mean, if it was the real Smile Happy, then he he would have been at least dueling with Red Route One, another class horse for second, um, but you know he just he just packed it in, and that's really not him. I mean, he he tends to be a very competitive horse. So if you like Smile Happy, if you're a Smile Happy fan, 
hopefully you'll come out of this and, and strip fitter for uh, targets down the line. I mean, there's a lot of uh, money to be won both in New Orleans and elsewhere, certainly at Oaklawn Park. Um, you know, if, if you're an older horse, you'd, you'd like to think he's the kind of horse that would be competitive in the Oaklawn Handicap uh, come the spring. All right. Uh, speaking of fairgrounds, they're getting close to post time for the eighth race on the card at the fairgrounds, Bob. This is uh, six furlongs on the sloppy main track, uh, an allowance optional claiming event for Louisiana bred four-year-olds and up that are non-winners of two races lifetime, or rather non-winners of two other than, or uh, in for a claiming tag of $20,000. Field of eight going to post in this race, and according to the first bet AI, you're supposed to play be interested in the eight Black Tekka, who is on the board right now at 7-1, to one, going for uh, his third straight wire-to-wire win. Uh, betting public is disagreeing, though. They like number one, Wildcat, G-Wildcat, or Go Wildcat, by Wildcat out of uh, Nacarano, GN. It might be Go Wildcat, I'm going to say, for Sturgis Ducoin and Jose Rodriguez, coming off a, a nice win in his last start uh, himself. Yeah, no, they're this race... <laughs> It's funny that we were envisioning a similar scenario. I don't know if you are, but this race is just completely loaded with speed. Our Freddie Mac has speed. Gold Punch has speed. Uh, Calibra Choa Kid has speed. Black Tekka has speed. And Wildcat, huge display of speed last time, winning by seven on, on uh, New Year's Day here against similar. Um, I think Binding Agreement and Pinch Me a Penny have a great chance coming from off of it because there's five speeds in here. And uh, Binding Agreement, I'll give him the edge. He raced against uh, Pinch Me a Penny last time and, and uh, kind of pulled away from that one. Um, I think that this uh, base, race basically sets up perfectly for, for him to uh, close ground and uh, get the job done. He was beaten seven lengths by, by uh, Joe Wildcat last time, but this is a much more appealing scenario for the deep closer from the, from the Ducoying barn. All right, so they are arriving at the starting gate in uh, a wet fairgrounds right now. It looks, at least for the moment, like the rain that had been pelting them all morning and early afternoon has stopped, but uh, still a lot of standing water on the track as the horses line up for this eighth race on the card. Once again, six furlongs, the distance, state-bred allowance, optional claiming event, and Wildcat breaking from the rail, uh, coming off a wire-to-wire score by seven lengths in his most recent start. He's run very well on wet tracks in the past. You can't see him in your past performances because they're more than 10 races ago, but he has run on wet tracks three times in his career. He's got two wins and a third-place finish to his credit uh, in those wet track affairs. And speed figure-wise, they're really right there with what he's done on a fast track. If he can overcome the rail and not get involved in a speed duel with horses like Black Tekka, like Gold Punch, I don't know how he doesn't get in a speed duel with them. It looks like half of the field has speed, as you mentioned, Bob. Going to be an interestingly run race here. This eighth race on the card at Fairgrounds. We'll send it up to John Dooley for the call. And they're off. 
They even start. There's your Wildcat from the rail. Caliber Joe, a kid flashing that speed. Goal punches just in front and half against forward. And Black Tekka in the orange cap strides up. It's goal punch. Goal punch has the speed to leave for Jose Racalme. Right there is Black Tekka with the move. Caliber Joe, a kid. And toward the inside, your Wildcat is running in fourth close up. Half again is five lengths off this leader. Goal punch who's wide as they enter the far turn. Then it's our Freddie Mac with binding agreement. Then pinch me a penny. Trails the state bread sprint. The quarter and 21 point. 83 seconds as they splash and dash with inside three furlongs to go. It's goal punch. Goal punch to reel in from Kalibachoa Kid. Here comes Joe Wildcat who makes a bid now with the yellow blinkers in cap. Black Tekka and half again on the extreme outside. And here come the Cajuns and pulled up pulled up was a binding agreement at the top of the stretch. Half mile in 45.99 seconds. Binding agreement the one who pulled up out of it. It's Wildcat who runs at Caliber Choa Kid toward the inside. Half against third. Goal punch Lebet is dropped back. Then our Freddie Mac. They come past the 16th. Jose Guerrero with Caliber Choa Kid. Jose Rodriguez and Wildcat. They come to the line. It's Caliber Choa Kid just tougher than Wildcat. Caliber Choa Kid prevails from Wildcat. Half again third and our Freddie Mac finished fourth. Finding agreement pulled up. Good battle down to the line, but it was number six, Calibra Choa Kid and jockey Jose Guerrero getting the job done, covering the six furlongs in one, 11, and two. Unofficial order of finish, six, one, three, two in that eighth race at Fairgrounds. Number six, Calibra Choa Kid uh, grinding away on the outside and getting the job done as the second choice in the wagering at four to one. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get you paid at Sunland, get you paid at Fairgrounds, uh, update you on some more stuff going on around the country. And of course, we've got Bob's first bet of the day, just about 11 minutes away out at Sunland Park. This is the first bet racing show on HRRN. Want to get out of just about anything and look like an earth saving hero? Just use the environment excuse. High school reunion? Ooh, sorry, can't. Planetary obligations. Unfortunate bridesmaid's dress. Unfortunately, you promised the climate you'd buy more vintage. Chauffeuring teens? Yeah, the Earth really needs them to hoof it. That's right, the environment is always the best excuse. So go ahead, ask your bay to dim all the lights because carbon emissions. Tell your dad bought a dad to eat more plants. For the planet, obviously. Kindly tell the kids to stop asking for a new phone. I mean, e-waste, right? Find your out and opt in to cutting carbon. Just visit theenvironmentexcuse.org. A public service announcement brought to you by WildAid. My battle buddies and I attended the NHL Stadium Series at Yankee Stadium. We had never been there before, and two of us had never seen a hockey game. Man, we had the time of our lives. It was great therapy. Vent ticks, we can't thank you enough. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www.vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. Eddie! 
Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Trainer Talk, presented by Fazig Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito on Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Shug McGahee, nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk, the biggest names in horse racing. Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Vet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Rated R Superstar at the rail. Then comes Snapper Sinclair, top of the stretch, Mucho and Thomas Shelby. Rated R Superstar, the nine-year-old, is running a very, very big race, and here he comes in the center of the racetrack. It is Mucho in front. Rated R Superstar, Thomas Shelby, Silver Prospector, and Mucho is turning them away. Mucho has the lead. Rated R Superstar, one more try. Mucho, Rated R Superstar! The 33rd fifth season goes to the old man, rated R superstar over Mucho and Thomas Shelby. That was Vic Stoffer on the call back in 2022. The fifth season stakes won by rated R superstar. This year's fifth season stakes takes place Saturday out at Oaklawn Park. Welcome back to the First Pet Racing Show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. This year's fifth season, one of 12 races that Bob and I will talk about tomorrow night on the weekend stakes preview every Friday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, it's going to be heavily Gulfstream Park-centric tomorrow uh, because seven of the 12 races that we're going to talk about are graded stakes from Pegasus Day at Gulfstream Park, but we've also got some uh, nice graded stakes down at Sam Houston. We've got good racing at Aqueduct, good racing out at Santa Anita, and as I mentioned, the fifth season at Oaklawn Park. Speaking of the fifth season, uh, the fifth season is a stake that's been around since the late 80s. Of course, the uh, the game gelding rated our superstar won the race two years ago. Uh, he was just retired uh, about a year ago or so. Rated our superstar. Uh, I didn't realize. I know that uh, Danny Caldwell, the owner, claimed him for fifty thousand dollars. I didn't realize that he ran twenty two times. Uh, after being claimed for that $50,000. And in addition to winning the fifth season a couple of years ago, his biggest win came in the Grade 3 Essex Handicap uh, just two starts later at Oaklawn Park. So pretty good claim there, uh, winning races including graded stakes off that $50,000 claim. Uh, fifth season enjoying his his life after racing now. He is down at Old Friends uh, outside Lexington, Kentucky. So if you ever visit down there, he is one of several horses. You say, oh, yeah, I remember him. They, of course, they've got some really, really good ones and other ones that you just, re- you know, maybe you, you don't remember off the top of your head, but when you see him, say, oh, yeah, whether you, you saw them run or you maybe bet on or against them over the time. But uh, I know that uh, our Rated R Superstar uh, is enjoying his uh, after racing life, as it were, down at Old Friends. Bob, we need to get the prices in for both Sunland Park and for Fairgrounds. We're going to start over at Sunland Park where the seventh race on the card uh, 
was won by number three, Big League Benny, a seven-year-old chestnut gelding by the Big Beast out of the Dove Hunt mare Load Up, owned by Steve Gomez, trained by Jeffrey Trujillo, Ken Toehill, the rider. Good old ten, Ken Toehill getting the job done on Big League Benny, the second time in a row here at Sunland Park. We've seen a heavy odds-on favorite get upset, and uh, Big League Betty got the job done. The 3 11, 20 to win, $3 to place, 240 to show. The overwhelming favorite who got beaten this time was Charlie's Ghost. The 7 paid 210 to place, 210 to show. John L. picked up the pieces, paid 280 to show. The $1 exact, a 3-7 paid 940. The $1 try, 3-7, 5-23-80. And the $1 super, 3-7, and 6, $111.70. As we teased earlier, Bob, uh, your first bet of the day is coming up in the upcoming eighth race at Sunland Park. So we're going to hold off on the results at fairgrounds until after they run this Sunland Park race. Before we get to it, though, folks, it's almost time for the 8th Annual Pegasus World Cup at Gulfstream Park. Saturday's loaded 13 race card is full of high-profile action headlined by the $3 million Pegasus World Cup. You get your chance to share of $20,000 in bonus cash when you hit the hottest pools at Gulfstream on January 27th. Visit the Promos tab in the First Bet app for a full list of hit and split pools. All right, Bob, well, as I mentioned earlier, your first bet of the day is coming up in this eighth race at Sunland Park. And over at Sunland Park, uh, they're... Uh, about three minutes away from post time. Two-turn mile there at Sunland where the track is fast. These are New Mexico-bred four-year-olds and up that are non-winners of two races lifetime. They're in for a claiming tag of $5,000. Field of 10, scratch the two also's, numbers 11 and 12. Uh, first bet AI and the bettors agree that number 10, Dan Who, is where you want your money. Three to one on the morning line, but six to five as they get close to post time. Yeah, Dan, who's kind of interesting in here? It's a it's a one mile race, New Mexico bred four year olds and up, uh, non winners of two lifetime. Interesting, Dan, who has won twice. I'm not really sure um, how he remains qualified for the condition. Way back when he won his first lifetime start, going four and a half, and he he uh, was promoted to first uh, November 21st of this year at Z in a 7500 non two. Got placed through uh, first through disqualification. Somehow he's eligible for this race. Um, Whatever, um, you know, it's basically this field is combined 11 for 280. So uh, these are slow horses who don't win often. Farmer Fred RF made, you know, quite an amazing 10 wide bid and heavy wind going six and a half at Sunland on January 11th. Uh, Flattened out, um, was entitled to with a trip he had, but. I thought it was a really impressive effort by Smokin' Houdini, a horse that really does not like anywhere but Sunland Park. He's 0 for 18 elsewhere, no seconds and five-thirds. But at Sunland, he's 1 for 13 with two seconds and three-thirds. And December 12th, he came from way back and made an eye-popping move at 47 to 1 behind a horse called Dim the Lights who came out of that race and won galloped out pretty well and uh, smoking houdini is back at his favorite racetrack the uh, pride and joy of the luis rojero uh, stable ridden by oscar oscar ceballos uh, again and i think if he can duplicate that effort he'll be uh, uh make a 
he'll be basically he's a delightful price. He was eighteen to one. He's been backed into twelves. Now he's now he's eight to one. So definitely very live on the board. Uh, my my uh, first bet of the day is the three smoking Houdini. Bob, uh, you came up with a great stat regarding the. Um... I'm going to try to say this the right way. The not ineptitude, that would be a little bit harsh. But earlier (laughs) there was a field. There was a field where uh, the wins compared to the starts um, was vast. And looking at this. Yeah, it was Gulfstream. There were nine for 159. Right. And and that's not this race, is it? Because this race. This race, they're 11 for 280. I think that seems worse. That's that's got to be worse. Yeah, no, they're right? worse. I mean, we 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 gained two wins in 120 more starts. That seems it's worse. amazing. I, yeah, so that's when, amazing. When, how you, when you're picking a horse in smoking Houdini, who is one for 31 lifetime, it doesn't sound very good. But then when you look at the others in this field, say, well, I mean, this is basically he's with his friends right here. Somebody's going to win And he this likes race. this racetrack. Yeah, and he likes Sunland Park, and the others don't. Yeah, now I, I'm angle. looking. I'm looking at what's going on here. So this is for four-year-olds and up, non-winners of two races lifetime. So what am I missing with number ten Dan Hu, who has two lifetime wins, that he is eligible for, and he's been running at this non-two level. So somewhere, somewhere we're missing part of the condition where one of those wins must not count towards eligibility but it doesn't in my past performances i don't see anything and by the way there's going to be a delay before this race at sunland park because i don't know what's happened but number four forward observer and jockey eric medellin have returned to the paddock now forward observer uh is still up and he's still got the saddle on it looked like the rider may have gone back in so i I, i'm not sure if the four is coming out of this race. He's now being unsaddled. We could have in a scenario here, Bob, where the rider refuses to ride the horse and they're getting somebody else uh, from the jocks room to get aboard the four. Yeah, and possibly uh, there's an A Medellin that rode this horse at Sunland in March, uh, actually to a, a couple of good uh, finishes, a third and a second. I don't think this. I think this is E. Medellin, Eric Medellin, who's 0 for 14 with a second uh, on the meet, and he might have re- uh, raised his hand. I mean, uh, Ford, Ford observers in, in poor form. Um, it must be said he's gotten beaten double digits in his last five. Um, but you know, he is lightly raced. He's one for 13, and he's been placed a couple times at Sunland, so his form's not bad compared to the, some of the others in here. But getting back to uh, the uh, 10 horse, Dan Who. Um, he won his first life, lifetime start going four and a half furlongs at Ruidoso back when he was a two-year-old. So I'm not sure if it's a – so that was what uh, – let's see, that was that was uh, in 2020. Um, yeah, there's something in the condition which allows him to run because he won November 21st. He got beaten ahead by Wildfire Water, who's in here, and got moved up to first. All right, a couple uh, of so notes, Bob. I apologize for cutting you off. First of all, uh, Alejandro made Medellin as the other rider, and he is much more accomplished, actually wins a whole lot of races. Uh, number four forward observer has now been scratched from this race at Sunland. As I mentioned, uh, he was a big long shot as they were going to the gate. And I think 
Uh, if they knew he was immediately going to be scratched, they would have just gone to the gate. So I, I think it might have been one of these things where maybe Medellin didn't want to ride this horse and nobody else in the room wanted to ride him either. So if nobody wants to ride, there's nothing you can do but scratch the runner. And that's what they did. So now we're down to a field of nine and the horses are kind of hustling to get to the starting gate for this eighth race on the card, which was delayed just a few minutes uh, from whatever went on there with the four forward observer. The uh, betters are strongly behind number 10, Dan Hu who is uh, taking a drop in class from the condition $7,500 level uh, down to this condition $5,000 level uh, today. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's a gigantic difference. Uh, Non-twos, $5,075, but it's, it's at least one, if not two, class levels there at Sunland Park. Does have to overcome the outside post, uh, which is never the place you want to be in these two-turn miles at Sunland. Second choice in the wagering is number five, Farmer Fred R.F. with Jose Torres aboard. Comes from well off the pace, or at least has been coming from well off the pace sprinting. We'll see if that's the uh, the running style that's employed going two turns today. Has run two turns in the past, hasn't done it very well. We'll see if today is any bit different. Once again, Bob's first bet of the day is the three smoking Houdini. They're in the gate at Sunland Park. Good start there for all but Smoke and Houdini and Farmer Fred RF. They're at the back, speeding to an uncontested lead is Chiching Charlie. Just leisurely going into that first turn, leaving a wide open rail, though, for Wild Firewater. Wild Firewater is a closing in second. Joint third, Rare Coin and Rebel Riot. They're going well in the fifth slot. Stormin' Texas on, only trails by four lengths. He's four lengths in front from Quinton's Charmer. Still on hold is the stretch attacking Smoke and Houdini, who had the rough start. Dan, who slides through an opening along the rail, and he's advancing at will. Far behind them all, Farmer Fred RF will have to hurry to pass them all. We're at the midway point of this one-mile race. There's three abreast. Rebel Riot leads to his inside. Chiching Charlie now has pressure from both sides. Wild Firewater controls the rail in third. That one a length in front from Stormin' Texas on Dan Who. Could be strictly the one to watch. He's making an energized move. Fifth, fourth, now third, and now second. He's got a dead aim on Rebel Riot. It's Rebel Riot leading. There goes the gray, though. The gray smoke and Houdini got first run on Dan Hu, and Dan Hu is now out of gas. They're into the top of the stretch with less than a quarter mile to go. He broke last. He's in front now. That's Smoke and Houdini. The beautiful gray leads by two. Rebel Riot all out of steam in second. And another big run now is coming from Farmer Fred RF, who didn't break well. Farmer Fred RF is going to engulf all of them. He goes from last to first, and he beats the other stretch runner by quite a ways. Farmer Fred RF one by four. Smoke and Houdini got inhaled. Dan who salvaged third. Rebel Riot fourth. Two horses who didn't break with the rest of the field end up running 1-2 in the eighth race at Sunland Park, unofficially 5-3-10-7. The order of finish, number five, Farmer Fred R.F. Closed well sprinting, last time out, stretched out to a mile today, proved no problem for the son of marking, and he gets the job done in race eight at Sunland. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll have the prices for that eighth at Sunland. We'll head out to Fairgrounds one more time. They're in the paddock just eight minutes away from race nine on their card. This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. Hi there, it's Scott from Pentatonics. So from the beginning of our journey in music, the foundation has been music education. 
It's so incredibly important that we continue to show kids the importance of music in our schools, in our homes, and even in the car. Music is such a powerful expression of emotion and individuality, and we are responsible for keeping the love for music alive. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. A lot of things feel out of control these days, so it's time you pick your battles. Skip playing referee in the morning. Skip laundry this week. Skip game limits today. Skip cooking tonight. New realities require new routines, and it's okay to skip some of the old ones. But don't skip your preteens' well visits and recommended and catch-up vaccinations. A public service announcement from Vaccinate Your Family in collaboration with Merck. James Brown and Bill Cowra welcoming you back to Dennis Melvin's house. It's time for the Midnight Snack Run. This is one tricky obstacle course. Sticking to healthy habits in this kitchen is going to take focus and determination, but it can be done, JB. He's already entered the snack part of the course, and he's eyeballing a jar of chocolate candy. That is tempting right off the start. Uh-oh. He's reaching, Bill, but he pushes it away. Great stiff arm. He's approaching a plate of delicious-looking iced cookies. Oh, Dennis, you only want one of those. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. It's make or break time, JB. He stares down some rich-looking treats. Uh-oh. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle, and shuts the door with his elbow in record time. Unbelievable move. I gotta see that again. And he's out. He even turned off the light. That's the way you execute a midnight snack run. Stand Up to Cancer and Rally want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Whoa! Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on HRRN. Mike Penna brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing, featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders. Plus, exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. The Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Moving forward, the stretch, and Jade Flush is still there. Inside information on the outside, Mariah Storm is third. With a furlong to run, Jade Flush inside information. Those two right together, then Mariah Storm, they're nearing the wire. Jade Flush hanging on the inside, on the outside. Inside information puts her head in front at the wire. Inside information wins the spinster by a head over Jade Flush with Mariah Storm third. 
Come on, anytime we get to bring Mike Battaglia into the fold. He was the voice at Keeneland for many, many years. Of course, uh, if you were on track at Keeneland, you didn't hear anything. But for those of us watching via simulcast land, they did have Mike Battaglia calling the races. And he was on the mic in 1995 for the grade one spinster, the penultimate race in the career of Inside Information. She got the hard-fought win that afternoon. There's a race named in her honor this Saturday at Gulfstream Park. Welcome back to the First Bet Racing Show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Folks, we owe you the prices for the eighth race at Fairgrounds, where number six, Calabrachoa Kid, got the job done, a four-year-old Dark Bay or Brown Colt by Calabrachoa out of the Vindication Mare Indication. Owned by Ty Smith, trained by Shane Wilson, jockey Jose Guerrero. Yeah, Caliber Choa Kid paid ten sixty to win, three sixty to place, three sixty to show. Joe Wildcat two forty to place, two twenty to show, and half again paid three forty to show. The one dollar exacta six one, twelve dollars and seventy cents. The fifty cent trifecta six one three thirty one fifty. And the $1 Superfecta, 6132, $698.10. The uh, ninth race on the card at Fairgrounds is about three minutes away from post time. This is another race that was scheduled for the turf at the distance of about a mile. It has now changed to the sloppy main track with a distance change to a mile and 70 yards. Uh, an allowance event for fillies and mares that are non-winners of one other than a lot of scratches in the race scratch numbers one four five seven ten eleven twelve and thirteen almost would have been easier just to say who's running but uh there were 16 entered and the three of the four that were on the also eligibles list all listed as main track only draw into the field bob those being the 14 tiny temper 15 thestral and 16 the roan runner uh, they all have chances in here, but the betting public likes number two, surely, surely. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought the 14 was a, a really interesting addition to the field. Tiny Temper, a four-year-old arrogate filly out of a blame mare. Um, adds the blinkers for Dallas Stewart with Jimmy Graham riding. The best race of her life was October uh, 30th when she broke her maiden convincingly at Churchill in the slop by a length and a half. So she likes a, a wet track. Overcame a bad start and kind of a wide trip that day to win uh, for the Stanleys. Uh, very nice um, filly she is. I was very interested in Tough Legacy. Here it comes from, off a long layoff. She's by hard spot out of Stone Legacy, who ran second in the Kentucky Oaks behind Rachel Alexandra. So uh, when when I say beaten a second in the Kentucky Oaks, she was beaten 20 and a half lengths. She's been a successful broodmare, daughter of uh, hard spun here, tough tough legacy, and uh, she run, she goes well fresh. She's been working right along at Oaklawn. Uh, by the way, they're training again at Oaklawn. They reopened the track yesterday for training in the afternoon, so all systems are go for uh, for a, a good weekend, which of course includes the fifth season, which we talked about earlier, but. Uh, I like Tough Legacy in here. Um, the two, the two horse, the uh, filly Shirley Shirley, who's a uh, curling filly, um, should take to the off track, but she'll be pretty far back. She came from far back to finish third in the slop at Keeneland, October twentieth. Um, she definitely deserves to be a uh, short price, but uh, again, the selection will be uh, kind of a nice price on the uh, the six Tough Legacy, who's currently trading at, at nine to one. 
All right, they are approaching the starting gate for this ninth race at Fairgrounds. Uh, speaking of our schedule, by the way, Bob, this is kind of a, a slowish Thursday for us because normally we'd be covering races from Fairgrounds, from Gulfstream, and maybe the last race or two from Aqueduct, but Aqueduct uh, not racing on this Thursday. But speaking of racing on Thursdays, uh, for the entire month of February, I believe Oaklawn Park goes to a four-day racing week, so we will bring them into the fold regularly on the first bet racing show at least uh for the month of february beginning next thursday and looking forward to to seeing them and hopefully the weather woes that not only they've had but a lot of the country has had over the last few weeks uh dissipate and uh we get back to listen february in hot springs is never balmy uh, but, uh, you know, get it back into the 50s and 60s, maybe. That would that would be nice, and especially with uh, races like the Southwest on the horizon and the Rebel a few weeks after that and the Arkansas Derby toward the end of the meet. But that is then. This is now. They are uh, loading in for this ninth race at the fairgrounds and uh, a mile and 70 yards on the sloppy main track, a race that was originally scheduled to be about a mile on the turf. Um, but a lot of rain this morning and early afternoon, and you can see standing water on the main track at fairgrounds. Last few runners going in. We're waiting for the 16. You don't say that very often. The Roan runner, and here's John Dooley on the call. On the Thursday scoreboard here on a sloppy track, they're in the gate. And they're off. To be an even start, there's the Roan Runner along with Thestral, Tiny Temper, Empire's Princess is forward, and toward the inside, Spartan Queen as they enter the first turn with Brian Hernandez Jr. It's the Roan Runner, who's the fleetest of the field in front of a close-up Thestral, Empire's Princess, and Tiny Temper. Fourth on the outside, it's the Roan Runner, who leads them to the back. Spartan Queen is a ground-saving fifth. Sweet Alyssa next in sixth. Then to the inside comes Shirley, Shirley, and first run since Churchill Spring for Tough Legacy, who's dropped back to last. It's the Roan Runner. The quarter at 24.21 seconds. The Roan Runner, the front runner. The Roan Runner tracked by Thestral, staying close while second by three. Then comes Empire's Princess in third, Spartan Queen in fourth, Tiny Tempers a wide fifth. Sweet Alyssa there in the Royal Blue is um, in tight quarters as they head to the far turn. Shirley uh, toward the inside. Shirley, Shirley, and Tough Legacy remains last of the eight. Half mile 47.69 seconds, just inside three to go. The Roan Runner. Thestral's been right there for Edgar Morales. Thestral sizing up the Roan Runner. Tiny Temper looks to draw in. Sweet Alyssa follows her on the front outside. Empire's Princess with toward the inside. Spartan Queen. The trailers, Shirley, Shirley, and Tough Legacy heads her turn for home. Three quarters, one minute, 12.98 seconds. Here comes Thestral. Thestral took the lead with on the outside for James Graham, Tiny Temper, and these two past the eighth pole. They've pulled clear from the Roan Runner, now third. Sweet Alyssa's fourth. They come past the 16th. It is Thestral at Tiny Temper. Tiny Temper on the outside getting to Thestral. Tiny Temper takes it by a neck. Thestral was tracked down by Tiny Temper on top. Sweet Alyssa gained third, and the Roan Runner finished fourth. Unofficially 14, 15, and 9, the order of finish in the ninth race over at Fairgrounds. Bob, uh, one that you mentioned that you like drawing in off the all-so-eligible is the 14 Tiny Temper with James Graham aboard getting the hard-fought win, going off as the third choice at 3-1. to one. Yeah, no, she's a nice filling. She uh, particularly adept at handling uh, an off-track. 
Uh, four lifetime starts, two in the slop, and two, you know, nice wins really showed uh, a lot of grit and determination there in the last 16th under uh, the left-handed persuader, uh, uh, with J- Jimmy Graham, who's again having another very good meet there, and uh, Dallas Stewart has in a lot of big stakes races this weekend, and uh, I'm sure the barn will be celebrating that one into the uh, evening here at the fairgrounds. Folks, 2024 starting off with another installment of the First Bet $20,000 Sweepstakes Series. Earn entries for every wager you make through the month of January to win a $1,000 betting voucher. Get bonus entries on weekdays and on first tracks. Ten runner-up winners get a $500 betting voucher. 103rd prize winners get $100 betting vouchers. Can't win if you don't opt in, so load up your First Bet account and start wagering. Once again, time is running out. It ends at the end of January. Bob, we owe some prices from over at Sunland Park, where for a long while it looked like your first bet of the day, number three, Smokin' Houdini, was on his way to a win, but he got run over in the stretch by number five, Farmer Fred R.F., who gets the job done, six-year-old Dark Bayer Brown gelding by marking out of the real dandy mare, Dandy Devona R.F., owned by Cesar Mendoza, trained by Edwin Martinez, Jose Torres aboard. I, I'm going to say this. Before you read the prices, Bob, this is a quarter horse move that's done on this thoroughbred. You see a lot of quarter horses that have initials of the breeders in the name of the horse. I don't understand why they do it. I don't know if it's a, if it's an ego thing or something like that, but the breeder of Farmer Fred RF is Rogers Farms, and my guess is that whoever Rogers Farms is puts RF at the end of every horse they name. Yeah, and the dam of this one is Dandy Devona RF, so it's a Rogers Farms uh, family. They probably have both quarter horses and thoroughbreds out there, but uh, Farmer Fred, uh, really a nice, deep closing move. Perhaps you could say that the rider of uh, Smoke and Houdini, Oscar Ceballos, might have gotten too excited there. Huge middle move by that one, led by about three lengths going into the stretch and really sort of flattened out and uh, sort of flattered the closing bit of Farmer Fred RF, who gets the win. Uh, Farmer Fred RF was the five, paid 560 to win, bet down to a 9-5 to five in here, 560 to win, 360 to place, 220 to show at 10-1, to one, Smoke and Houdini ran second, 680 to place, 320 to show, and Dan Hu, the favorite, also another one who flattened out in here, paid 220 to show, the one dollar exact of five three twenty four seventy, the one dollar trifecta five three ten, paid fifty two dollars and thirty cents, and the one dollar trifecta five three ten seven paid four hundred eighteen dollars and seventy cents. We covered four races today at Sunland Park and saw four wide closing bids to uh, get the win. And we'll see if that trend continues here at uh, as we follow Sunland Park over the next several weeks. Folks, did you know Verizon is now offering customers a free iPhone 13 or up to $800 to put towards a new 5G phone? This offer is available for all customers, both new and current, with select trade-in and select 5G unlimited plans. Verizon's best 5G unlimited plans offer up to $90 per month of value, the most included value in the industry, and include incredible savings in the most popular entertainment like Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, Apple Music, and more. So turn in your old 4G device, walk away with a brand new 5G device at your local Verizon store today. 
Bob Price is in for the ninth race over at Fairgrounds. The winner, 14, Tiny Temper, a four-year-old Bay Philly by Arrogate out of the Blame Mare, Don't Blame Me, owned by Mark Stanley and Nancy Stanley, trained by Dallas Stewart with James Graham riding. Yeah, ten, Tiny Temper, a tenacious effort there. Uh, she paid 880 to win, 420 to play, 320 to show. Thestral for the Amos Barn. The 15 horse paid $4 to play, 340 to show. And Neil Pesson, another good effort from uh, his stable from Sweet Alyssa, the 9. Uh, she paid 560 to show. The $1 exact of 1415 were the numbers paid, $14.50. The 50 cent try, 1415.9. Paid $67.90. And the 10 cent super, 14 15 9 16 That for 10 cents paid $70.55. All right. Uh, we didn't really have time to go into it, Bob, but another big story that came out uh, over the last few days is it sounds like finally there's going to be a resolution to the inaugural running of the Saudi Cup, which was won by Maximum Security. It sounds like the folks over in Saudi Arabia who uh, make these decisions have finally decided that Maximum Security should be disqualified from his win, uh, something that we kind of all expected to happen three or four years ago, but for some reason, I don't know what they were waiting for. Uh, They've waited till the last day or so to make this happen. And uh, Gary and Mary West have been very, uh, very cordial about it. And they just said, listen, if uh, with their trainer, Jason Service, admitting to the wrongdoing that uh, that he did, uh, absolutely maximum security should be disqualified from that win. And it means that our good friend, Jeff Bloom, who is a big owner of Midnight Bisu, was going to get a lot more money in his bank account because now she's going to be catapulted to the win and the $10 million first prize. That's going to wrap it up on today's edition of the First Bet Racing Show for our producer, Lee Delapina, and co-host, Bob Nastanovich. I'm Bobby Newman. Thank you so much for joining us. Stick around. Call-in show coming up next. Phone number to get in, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. The call-in show starts in 10 seconds. 